season it's been such an amazing year for evil geniuses and we've uh, spent some episodes talking about how the 2022 looked like and how things are shaking up uh, since the last episode i have uh, a few more news to kind of uh, walk through and tonight i will have one and only returning guest nox war joining me how are you doing nox i am doing good uh, appreciate you having me on Absolutely. It's been my hope to get gather everyone uh, to, you know, talk about worlds, how that all shaped up to be, but it's really hard to wrangle all the dads around. And you're not a dad yet, right? <laughs> I, no, I am not a dad yet. <laughs> That's why you're here. Everyone else has been a dad. It's just making it hard for me to wrangle everyone up. Um, hopefully they'll hear this pod. But glad to have you. Glad to be with you because there is a lot of exciting things to talk about, even though it's the off season. We're just diving in, but before we go forward, we always take a quick look backwards. Worlds was, wow, it was this past Sunday, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, it feels like forever ago after all the European leaks and rumors and the somewhat less NA leaks and rumors, but yes, it was only this past weekend. It was certainly um, something that's still very fresh on my mind. It feels like a long ago, but it's still very fresh on my mind. Let me just start with uh, talking to you. How does this world's rank for you in uh, overall? Like, like we'll, we'll start with the whole day, with the celebration, with the storyline, and how the, the 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 world's kind of like uh, how we crown the winners. Uh, I mean, far and away, this has to have been one of the best ones yet, right? Uh, I mean. And part of it, what helps is obviously us, us being North American fans, or at least based in the North American region, I should say. Yes. Uh, we could actually watch this live, right? Oh my it, it changes a whole lot of perspective on how much you appreciate a Worlds event when you can actually watch it live during the day. Um, having said that, though, what made it even better was just how quality this tournament was. Uh, mm. Absolutely unbelievable knockout stage. Absolutely unbelievable, never-to-be-repeated-again Cinderella story from DRX. Uh, I, I could not have asked for much more. Like, the games were quality, the series were quality, the storylines were awesome. Um, having fans actually be present, I know that was kind of a thing that was working its way back in for the past couple events and domestically, but having it actually be a international event with fans present is just absolute joy to my ears to hear them roaring in the background and even for myself who went to atlanta being mm. able to experience that live was impeccable and just unbelievably indescribably awesome um so yeah look long story short th this world's is definitely bare minimum i think top two yeah 
I feel like this would be one that we're gonna remember for a long, long time to come. Again, a lot of things that you mentioned, right? The how the story unfolded for these teams, even up to the semifinals, I was really hyped to see who was gonna be there, who was gonna end up being. It's still, and I love surprises, and it was nonstop surprise all the way up to the finals. Um, and hey, I'll, I'll dive in a little bit about your experience as well, because you were on the ground, you were at the Atlanta event, right? The semifinals. Yes. And so. I'll take a moment to talk about that, but certainly for me, this absolutely was one of the favorite, my favorite. I love the production. I, I think uh, you know there are still several that may still uh, rank ahead, but I'm not taking anything away from uh, Lil Nas. Uh, I love the opening, uh, the theme song for this year of League of Legends, um, but overall that it, it got me really hyped. Now, I will say I am East Coast and this game, <laughs> this finals game, I was, it was past midnight for me when I was still watching, and I will admit there was some parts where I was fell asleep and woke up and see like the score just was crazy. But we'll dive into that. Um, we, we we may not be dads yet, but we may have the uh, <laughs> sleep schedules of ones. <laughs> I for sure definitely did, um, but oh my gosh, it was hard to sleep after watching that ending though. But let's talk about your experience, Atlanta, like going in there. Uh, what it was it like? You got to see how fans are lining up again. Uh, NA, how did NA represent? You know, as far as uh, filling the stadium, the noise crowd, the whole event. How did you, you know, find that? Uh, was it everything you expected? Uh, I think we as fans, this whole tournament just killed it. Um, absolutely, just nailed it. I was actually kind of worried because I remember. Back in 2016, for fans who were around back then, uh, I, I believe it was quarterfinals, the Chicago Theater. I remember there was a lot of complaints about the North American crowd and how we were like booing like Asian teams that were playing because, uh, I mean, it wasn't North American teams, right? So I was actually kind of worried. I was like, man, I know a lot of people are praising us right now that we've been pretty good so far, but I was getting nervous. I was like, well, all the Western teams are gone. Are we still going to be good? Uh, but no, we, we were super awesome. We were cheering for everyone and everything. Um, I think more than anything, in Atlanta especially, I truly believe the crowd turned that game in favor of DRX. Like, the moment DRX started playing well or had a good play, the crowd just started roaring for them. And it was just wave after wave of DRX, DRX. And I, it just felt, you could, t you could tell the tides were turning. And... I mean, a lot of people were saying in, like, post-game threads and online that, I don't know, it looks like Choby's kind of choking a little bit. And I honestly, genuinely, like, I think if that had been, like, COVID times and there was no one around, I think Gen G sweeps that series. No problems. But that crowd truly carried DRX. Not that they don't deserve it, but I think the crowd did a lot of work for that team. But overall, I think we, we killed it as a crowd. The being live was awesome. Riot did a great job outside of a couple things, which I don't know if you want to get into that or not, but I think overall just solid A in terms of like quality of live events. And it's great to have people back in worlds again. That's amazing to hear. And it's always, uh, there's always room for growth. Um, we might get into it in future episodes, but uh, overall that, that game, right? After the game one, we were like, okay, Genji is just gonna stomp this, take them away, but oh my gosh, the way DRX played, the, it was all close games, if I remember correctly. 
all of them were close, and DRX just pulled it out. The the last one swung pretty hard in DRX's favor, but even then, Genji right. was putting up a fight the whole way. But yeah, pretty much they they were close. Oof. It must have been. Uh, did you watch the other game as well, the JDG T1 game? Y yes, and I think personally for me, um, I I may be biased because I was there in the audience and I had the jumbo tr like my seating was on the second level that day and the jumbotron was smack in front of my face and I was middle of the stadium. I could not have asked for better seats. I was so happy with my wow. seating. But basically, in my opinion, with the way the crowd was roaring, it was T1, it was Faker. Um, that is the best series this mm -hmm. world's. I, I know a lot of people are going to say the finals because it's the finals and the storylines and the narratives, but mm -hmm. I think just the quality of play and just how hard T1 and JDG were throwing punches at each other, I had the most enjoyment watching that particular series, and... I, I could not have asked for any like I guess I could technically have asked for a game five, but <laughs> I could not have asked anything more gameplay wise. It was just mm -hmm. awesome. Oh yeah, no, you gotta give it to both teams. Not, naturally, I was biased and felt vindicated. I was like I had T one all the way up until the finals, right? And JDG was a very is a very good team, and in even in moments where T one was leading, I feel like a, a lot of those games uh, JDG made it. Uh, made them earn it made them earn those wins um and they did so lpl style naturally until the last game of course when t1 just stomped and ended that but uh i get it i get it that that definitely was a very very good series to watch as well so um you know my off-season plan is to go through every single one of those vods and re-watch them it's not the same it's not the same i, I of course I'm, I'm jealous of you and the folks who are able to attend the atlanta but let's talk about finals coming into that day. T1, DRX, the whole storyline was Deft and Faker, right? It was an amazing storyline. Both of them attended the same high school and started league the same time. But only one of them has like multiple championship and the other one has never been this close to one. That's some anime arc level, <laughs> like storytelling. Oh my gosh! And and just for me, even then, I was like, oh, I love the underdog. I'm cheering for Zeka after the semifinals, but in my head, it's like it's T1. It's got to be just T1 for the rest of this series. Holy cow! Was I wrong? T DRX showed up. Where were you when you were watching this game, and how were you feeling entering this day on Sunday? So, I actually was hosting a watch party in the uh, FlyQuest Discord, and I was just chilling with, I think it was about, well, it, we had uh, people coming in and throughout the whole night, but it, on average it was about eight to nine people that were watching with me the entire time, and so um, I was watching with all of them, and we were all chirping and laughing and just roaring like in excitement at all the plays, and... I think pretty much um, outside of the diehard DRX fans and like the new bandwagon, I would want—I don't want to say bandwagon. Uh, like the fans who had been recently encaptured and enthralled with their s just awesome drive through the knockout stage. Um, a lot of people were pr still predicting T1 to win, right? Mm -hmm. And so we were all poking fun, like, no, no, DRX has got this. Nah, T1's not gonna let them take even a single game. Blah blah blah. And it, it, a lot of fun banter, right? Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And then the games start happening, and T1 takes the first one, but it's kind of close. You're like, dang, okay. Yeah. And then the second one happens, and DRX actually takes it. It's like, okay, we got a series. And then it just keeps going back and forth, back and forth. And finally, game five comes in. And I was being all snooty and cocky. And I was like, oh, Varys went through to T1. It's going to be T1's winning. It's got to be the Destiny uh, 5-0 for Varys. Little, little would I know, the Bard would come in for Ooh. Barrel and just end all their hopes and dreams. Um, yeah, I just... Finals was incredible. You could not have asked for a better storyline, and I think I've said it multiple times already. It, it is a true Cinderella story. Uh, I could not have been happier for DRX. I, and it'll be very interesting to see what ends up happening to that team during the offseason because I know a lot of them are going into free agency this mm. offseason. Mm -hmm. It's a remarkable... I'm still getting goosebumps just thinking about these games. It was so back and forth. Every single game, right? You could You could have a great, like five game series but sometimes some of these games feel like very one-sided and then it goes back and forth but this one both of them made each other earn it this is a very very much a heavyweight fight there was counter punches there was you know small mistakes that got capitalized immediately and then there was moments where i thought wow they're behind in gold they're behind in experience and items and they still went for it and they won that is remarkable against T1, against the legendary faker, for DRX to pull something off like this. And they had to do it on red side because it's been blue side the whole time that won every single game. Woo. Yeah. I didn't, I, I, I didn't even think about that. I forgot that they were on opposite sides of that that had been winning the whole time. So that's a good point too. Yeah. It's, uh, I, yeah, I made note, and I think the casters, like, were yelling, and I was like, oh, T1's got blue side this time, and uh, like you said, Varus for the fifth time. Hmm. Uh, Barrel is also one that's very much deserving. He's won two championships now with two different teams. It's, it's also a good redemption story for him. I don't know how much you remember about, uh, what he went through in the last, um, you know, not last year, but the year before that, when he was still with Damwon, it was it was bad. Yeah, it was not a good time. It's not a good time. And here he is, second championship. Wow. Um, I don't know how the future worlds are gonna top this. Yeah, there's still room to top it, but this is very, very um, amazing. Uh, it's it's just amazing. And you know, being a uh, evil genius centric podcast, DRX embodies the same you know underdog mentality that we had coming into spring, coming into the season. I like that. Well, it's, it's kind of interesting if you want to make this a little EG tied. Um, did you by chance listen to Peter Dunn at all talking with Monty and Thorne? I had that queued up. Uh, no, but I haven't heard the interview yet in its entirety. Well, if you don't if you don't mind me spoiling, do you, do you want me to go, give you yeah, a couple? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. So, so Peter Dunn actually mentioned that uh, DRX was a huge scrim partner for EG in the mm -hmm. early parts of the tournament. And so uh, I think Peter, or no, sorry, Monty was giving Peter credit because Rigby's drafting was very DRX-like. Mm -hmm. And so he was saying, like, it seems like Rigby actually really got the drafting figured out very, very early on in the tournament. And because EG and DRX were scrimming each other. DRX also got drafting figured out very early on in the tournament. So I just wow. really big props to Rigby for doing what he did because he was really giving EG every step to success that he could. Boy. Now, it, we're not just mourning the losses 
of our staff. You know, Peter is moving on. Uh, Rigby is, I think he's doing military service. Yes. Yes, military service. Um, Turtle is gone as well. But yeah, the losses that we're going to be experiencing is going to be huge. And we can only just pray that we hold on to the lessons that are learned. But that is an amazing story. Um, and, and yeah, you see the 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 boldness right in, in the way that they draft it's not um they're not afraid and the same way that they played they were not afraid they were not uh scared by gen g they were not scared by t1 in in you know knowing that they are coming in as the as the underdog Ooh, amazing amazing events happening and I think I've already asked you, you mentioned that this would be one of your top two of all the worlds that you've witnessed. Does that still feel like that after we just walk through that whole scenario? Uh, thinking about it more, so I am a huge diehard NA fanboy. I always have been. And so for me, my top two worlds have always been 2018, because Cloud9, Miracle Run to Semis, mm -hmm. and 2014, where we had two teams make it to quarterfinals, TSM and Cloud9. So for me, those have always been, like, those are my years. Hmm. This year <laughs> was not a good year for <laughs> NA, right? So far and away, not what I normally would consider a good year in terms of worlds by my standards, but even I have to acknowledge the storylines and the quality of the games and being able to watch it live really makes up for the lack of NA teams actually doing something this year. So... Uh, I guess the jury's still out for me personally. I, I will lock in. It is a top three worlds for me, though. Yeah. As League of Legends esports fan, yes, it's amazing. As any for both of us, ugh. not good. <laughs> not good. <laughs> not good. We had better hope coming in. I mean, we, we were on our way. We looked like some we will, could contend, but... Well, I guess we'll have to wait for another year, and that makes for a great segue as we head into the offseason. There are so many things that we look out for because roster changes is going to happen. Big signing is going to happen. I already talked about, we have, uh, EG's going to turn over a lot of their staff, and from the sound of it, their whole roster too, with rumors of Danny not playing in 2023, and we'll have to figure out what to do in top lane now that impact is a free agent my always i always have hope until you know the hope is squashed by other uh, by an actual signing that he might return to us but one of the biggest winner in the offseason so far is not a player signing but a very key figure that departed from 100 thieves and landed in your organization what was that like for you to find that out Knox? Uh, you can't see me, but uh, I'm smiling right now. <laughs> um, it was a genuine shock. Uh, I'd heard some whispers behind the scene, but it's one of those things where it's like, why would he, like, because he, he's, he's been here in NA, and while he's been in NA, he's only been a GM, right? Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of like, hey, rumors, whispers, ha, 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 Papa Smithy's going to FlyQuest. And it's like, why would he go to FlyQuest? Like, Nick Smith, uh, I personally am very well aware, just due to my conversations with him, was not leaving FlyQuest. So I was like, this just seems like a made-up rumor. And so I kind of washed away all the whispers that I was hearing. And then, lo and behold, LEC Wulu's like, 
surprise, he's coming in as the chief gaming officer and president of FlyQuest. And it's like, whoa, okay, it was, it was legit. And so for me, I was still genuinely taken by surprise, even after hearing all the whispers, right? Mm -hmm. um, so more than anything, what I'm very, very excited about is that this isn't like replacing Nick Fan or anything, because I, I dearly love Nick Fan. I think the man is an absolute goat when it comes to roster construction, because... Like, he's not ever given good budgets up until this year, which will be very interesting. We can delve in more later if you want. But yeah. he's never had lots of budget to work with, and so the teams he's always put together have been very creative, and I've always made a mark on the league. And so, for me, I was very, like, content with him staying. And now seeing Papa take this new role of chief gaming officer and president makes me realize FlyQuest is going to be doing a lot of expansion in the future. Into what specifically, I don't know, but I have my guesses, and those guesses make me very excited and very happy for what the future holds. Oh my gosh, when I heard that too, right? It, it started with a whisper. Well, it started first by the acquisition. FlyQuest was acquired, um, and so I was expecting, okay, they're going to slow roll this, they're going to build, but then, bam, Twitter, I forgot who leaked it, it's, just outright says FlyQuest is going to spend this year. They're not going to hold back. I was like, okay, let's see. Let's put your money where your mouth is. And then, bam, Papa Smithy. I was like, wow, that that's a great kid. And I'm I'm happy for y'all. I, I think you got one of the best, if not the best, minds for. Uh, and he needs to stay in NA, and he needs to be a uh, figure. I still think 100 Thieves, it's a mistake to not re-sign, but I think they were headed in different directions anyway. So this is exciting. There's a lot of possibilities with FlyQuest, right? It's it's not one of the organizations, uh, in my estimation, that it has that like history, has that reputation that need to keep up with like the TSM, the C9, the Team Liquids. And so I'm, I'm just... I think this will have a larger impact than just FlyQuest from... And, and I'm excited for it. The, the way, and this will be my final point on it really, uh, is the way I've been describing it to people is, so you know how, like, at least in the league scene, um, you have your Cloud9, your Team Liquid, your uh, 100 Thieves, and even, like, I know the past year or so for TSM has been very, very rough, but typically, like, you would describe these orgs as Tier 1 orgs, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, in years past, I think it's fair to say, uh, Typically, FlyQuest has been described as a Tier 2 or maybe even sometimes a Tier 3 org in the league. And so, with this signing, I think it's a huge signal flare to tell people that, hey, FlyQuest is on the way to become a Tier 1 org. Mm -hmm. They will be at the forefront of what people talk about when they refer to North American League of Legends. They'll, th they'll think of Cloud9, Team Liquid, 100 Thieves, FlyQuest. Like, FlyQuest is now going to be in that conversation, and I'm very, very excited for that. And that's just off of the back of Papa Smithy signing alone. Mm. Man, that... I, I gotta hand it to you all, man. It's it's good to see, you know, that this, this kind of, like, boom for y'all. And, uh, you know, good things will follow. Good things will follow. But with that said, we will have to see how they're going to put the roster together. I'll talk a little bit about from the EG side. Again, I already mentioned that Impact might be not on his way back with us. Um, and then there was this rumor drop that EG might be trying to get Tenacity. And then another rumor popped up that Tenacity, that move was blocked by 100 Thieves. And now there's rumors 
like I, I don't know how much stock you put into uh, uh, DOMs uh, leaks, but I'm hearing someday an FBI joining EG, and I'm scratching my head here. I'm just like, this does not seem like a fit, but I'm also not sure what this new staff for EG look like. Do you put any stock into this rumor? Uh, someday an FBI to EG. Um, I mean, both are very, very good, right? Um, someday was the best top laner in the league, so I think if EG can replace Impact with someday, I think it's actually an upgrade, and so that'd be very, very impressive. Um, FBI replacing Kaori, I mean, Kaori was very, very good during Worlds, and he was debatably, and in my opinion, the number one AD carry in Academy all last season. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, both have legs to stand on, but FBI has also been on a number two team for the past two years, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just consistently, like, he's not ever flashy, but he does his job, and he has actually very good stats if you go, like, check on Oracle's Elixir or Le mm -hmm. uh, Le or whatever stats site you check, like right? Um, or, yeah, exactly. So, I think it can absolutely work. Um, I generally think that uh, Someday is just a better impact currently, so I think that's an upgrade for you guys. And then I think Vulcan is going to have to get used to playing with FBI, but I don't think it's gonna be that big of a, uh, a mindset shift. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I, I, I would not be upset if that was what your roster became. Um, do I put stock into those rumors? Uh, I have no idea because I'll be honest, I don't know how reliable Dom is. So mm -hmm. I wouldn't be mad at that roster, but I, I don't know how much I'm leaning into it either. Yeah, it's just very, there, in a sense, this doesn't seem to be building off the brand that we kind of um, started off last year, right? But at the same time, we're looking to continue success and we're hoping to stay up there. We have to stay relevant. EG is one of those small orgs in in terms of lcs anyways um and then what can you tell me about flyquest all i know so far is that takui is not coming back he's already signed with an erl team back in europe that's such a shame because i think he was uh lec talent uh, he's lec quality but he'll, he'll guess i guess he'll have to earn his way again yeah, Tuke, Tuke is an interesting story, and I, I do I do want to emphasize this. It's still rumored. It's not mm -hmm. confirmed, um, but granted, I mean, LEC Wulu is very, very good at what he does and has generally been correct. So um, having said that, uh, I'm really not sure what FlyQuest is up to. Um, they have been very, very good at keeping their uh, lips sealed. Mm -hmm. Um the other thing I can confirm is that Johnson is out. Uh, he was removed mm -hmm. off the GCD quite a while back. Um, and then Jose Diodo is currently being allowed to search for teams. And that's all I really know. I haven't even heard whispers. I mean, obviously I've heard whispers and rumors, but the thing is, like, nothing concrete, right? Like, there's mm -hmm. the whole, like, Spica, Bjergs, and Doublelift trio that seems to be getting thrown around a lot. People were like, maybe it's going 100 Thieves, maybe it's going FlyQuest. And mm -hmm. I, there's basically been no one like dictating, like, hey, this is for sure happening, right? So I'm not putting a lot of stock into that yet. Um, so currently, as far as I'm aware, uh, we have Afro still in support, and that's about it. <laughs> that's, that's all I got. <laughs> that's, that's a guarantee we have Afro, which is great. He's been no, that's a good. great base starting block, but uh, that does not give me any inkling of what else is <laughs> happening.
All we know is that they'll they'll look to spam and they have afro. And that's mm. what's your dream team looking like? So my dream team, uh, I, it's funny because we actually did our armchair GM stream earlier this week on Monday. Um, I said personally, and I, I'm sorry to do this to you, but I would like to see Impact because he's free agent. <laughs> I, would, I would like to see him join FlyQuest. Um, I would have liked to have seen Spica and or mm. Santorin. Um, Spica being the more likely option because he's also currently a free agent. And I would think... Even though there's the uh, rumors of the all Korean speaking roster that Travis Gafford dropped uh, for TL, um, Santorin is still signed with TL, so he was like my number two on that list. Uh, number three, mid lane, I still wanted to keep Tuke, but clearly rumors have dictated that's probably not going to happen. Um, number four was also before I we did the stream, I had actually said I was down to keep Johnson. Um, Johnson. Afro, in my opinion, at the one point during the summer, peaked as a number two bot lane in the league and was consistently in the top four, in my opinion. Uh, people are probably going to call me absolutely biased for that. I'm maybe, but I'm also going to tell you, go rewatch the VODs. They were a legitimately good bot lane in the league all summer long. Um, so having said that, I my suggestion replacement AD carry was, oddly enough, Danny up until the rumors started coming in because right. I believe having a young AD carry who struggles in lane could be absolutely just babysat as needed by Afro because of how good he is, right? Mm. And then Danny always turns it on in the late game, is always a monster after he's out of lane, and that's exactly what you need, right? So I thought Danny would fit in perfectly with this team, especially with um, some of his struggles, right, with like dealing with social pressure and uh, just being in the league in general. I thought FlyQuest's environment and sharks literal hakuna matata uh, motto like i if you ever <laughs> seen like pictures on twitter from sharks like he has a whole setup in his office where the players play and it's hakuna matata and all these like happy go lucky quotes and like feel good about yourself i think danny would have really thrived in that environment so i really would have loved to have seen danny there and so my third most realistic option was i would have liked to have seen fbi come in um mm. and that was just the third option. <laughs> AD, AD carry is actually very, very hard to figure out what we want to do the split for any team currently. There's not a lot of good, in my opinion, tier one AD carries or LCS caliber AD carries. There's a lot of good academy or uh, amateur AD carries, but mm -hmm. they're not quite ready for LCS. So in the next year or so, I think I'm going to be very excited for the AD carry position. But this year is like, Ugh, I don't really know, man. And then to, to round it out, just Afro. So yeah. Yes. Impact, Spica, Took, uh, Danny, and Afro would have been my most ideal FlyQuest roster heading into this year. Ooh. Hope you never steal a Danny from us, man. He needs to come back to us. But that makes sense, though. Uh, the the growth that Johnson made, I think it was possible because of Afro. He was a, he was a pretty, um, if I remember, he was pretty aggressive when he first started in Galsius. And now he's he looked better I right? look much better I have to give him credit for the growth for the leaps and bounds that he made so I don't take that away from you I think he uh, will be happy to see him land on a different team maybe but um, for now for the time being it seems like they are looking to build big that's the rumor at least for FlyQuest so this could be the year 2023 might be your year but I hope not because I still hope that it's uh, evil geniuses we gotta you know what? Let, let's team up because this is makes for, a, for our, our favorite rivalry better than any one of them. 
Like yes, sir. Get on this FlyQuest versus EG rivalry. Let's bring it back. We haven't had it in a while. This will make 2023 even better than 2022. Forget your C9. Forget your TLT. Forget the old school TSM. It's FlyQuest versus Evil Geniuses. And with that said, uh, I'm out of questions.